Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the first Clash of the Titles, Clash of Countdown, the podcast that for the entire month of October pits two horror movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week in the red corner, we're off witch hunting in 14th century England as the Bean and the Red Mane bicker about the best approach to offing evil ones. Oh yeah, and there's a massive play from 2010, it's Black Death. While in the blue corner... Damn it, if this 17th century Puritan community simply isn't religious enough for me. Come on, family, we're off to live near the woods where crops will fail, kids are evil, and there's a bloody witch to top it off. From 2015, it is The Witch. What's the plan? Identify the heretic. Put him in a cage. Split any man from his arse to his apple. What brings you to our village? Word of the pestilence has not reached you. Demons and necromancers are among us. As you will find out soon enough. What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? So it's a witchy war, but which film is better? We're going to find out. So let battle commence. It's the first Clash of the Titles. Clash you in countdown. <laughs> Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. A woman speaks for them. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. <laughs> oh, you know there's going to be a lot of bean. There's going to be a lot of bean. A, I'm a so woman. excited about it. <laughs> I was going to try my own impression because I've got the accent, but I just, mm. what's the point? Like, don't go after the champ. I'm. It's your best impression, 100%. <laughs> Thanks. 
That's really nice. I really or appreciate is it? that. Yeah. yeah. Are you being nice to me or are you going to kill me? Would you lie to me? I don't think you would. Uh, all right. Um, as you've probably guessed by the fact we're already doing Sean Bean impressions, Chris isn't here. He is currently yeah. still living his best life on a work trip. Question mark. Uh, apparently he's in Austin, Texas, uh, at Fantastic Fest, uh, working. Um, but I want to just, uh, I just want to show you something, uh, V. Take a, take a look at uh, your screen. I will say we're recording this remotely, so hopefully you can see this. If not, I will, um, I'll endeavour to explain the image I'm showing you uh, right now because it's a must-see image. So tell me, uh, tell me if you can see that. What does that look like? Uh, I've seen his dick before. So that's <laughs> <one>. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? It's just, it's, it's as hairy. It's as hairy as the rest of him. I mean, I don't know how much is actually dick and how much is hair. <laughs> I can't tell what that is, to be honest. Uh, let me explain what I've just shown uh, the witness. That is an image of the accused uh, in a, what looks like a swimming pool basking in the sunshine. Now, oh. to the best of your knowledge, would you describe that as work? <laughs> no, but you're beggaring right. up his expenses claims, so just be mindful. <laughs> All right, let me show you a second photo. Can you see uh, that? Yeah, it's his no. dick again. No. <laughs> What's that? Is, is it a lovely hotel? No, it's a picture of uh, the accused uh, doing something with a dog. Uh, that sounds worse than it is. Uh, playing oh. with a dog while still in a swimming pool. So uh, uh, to the best of your knowledge, uh, has the accused ever engaged in a career or work which involves the care or training of animals, specifically dogs? Uh, no, Your Honour. Well, there you have it. Case closed. He's not at work in Austin, Texas. Guilty! Burn him! Burn the heretic! Yeah. Welcome, 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 welcome to part one of Black Death versus the Witch. So this is our first Clashoween. Uh, this is uh, our favourite time of year on the show where we begin our four-week countdown to the greatest night of the year with horror clashes for a whole month to get you in the mood for all... Hallows Eve. Uh, I love this time of year. Uh, so uh, this is Chris's choices for our first Clash of Ween. I'm right, aren't I? These are Chris's choices. Ah, uh, yes. I can't remember. Screw it. <laughs> the next bit only works. The next bit only works if they are. So these are Chris's choices. Um, so he picked them because he does want us to cover the witch on the show. Uh, but in his own words, he never wants to watch that movie again because it fucked him up too much. So really? that's why we're what covering the witch. <laughs> What a little right. baby! It's not oh, even a proper it's... horror film. Discuss. <laughs> Wait till we get to the verdict on uh, on Thursday. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's really. I think I think you forget because he's he's how sort vulnerable of buried, he is. Yeah, buried yeah. under so much uh, machismo that yes. he's actually quite quite scared. Um, uh, even in his adult life, we know he was scared as a kid. You know, he used to sort of climb, not even behind the sofa, inside the sofa cushions and sort of zip himself inside to avoid witnessing horror. <laughs> in fact, a lot, of his, um, a lot of his hair is actually cushioned down that became uh, irremovable uh, from his body. <laughs> it's so... actually an uh, upholsterer's fluff. That's adhered to his sweat over the years. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's just become part of him, um, you know. And the weird thing is, it's sort of taken as well. So yeah. every time he shaves off the sofa down, uh, it just yeah. grows back. 
instead of her. I mean, it's part of him now. That's the thing. Um, so that's the witch. Uh, we're also doing Black Death because it's uh, it's equally about witchcraft in a grim foreboding woodland setting. So the clue <laughs> I gave on last week's show. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too. Quick side note: um, if one of the clues is a quote from a movie, it's most likely not going to be that movie. So it was definitely it's not. Not, not the always of Oz. true. Not always true, but fine. <laughs> yeah, I, and I really shouldn't be, you know, stoking the hornet's nest. I don't uh, think you should elevate because, um, actually as well. So I think you, you're setting a bit of a high bar there. All right, so I'm in charge of the clues this week. Chris is away, so I was yeah, on Twitter. I followed up on Twitter with a picture of some scary woods. I, I thought, good, fine, both involve scary woods. No one got it. So I did another clue, right. a picture of a rat and a goat, plague rats and Black Phillip, right? Ah, oh, right, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Nope, didn't work. Finally, I added a monk, and then, only then... Did we get some guesses there? They were discovered worshipping our dark gods on the Twitter account at ClashPod. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod with loads of saucy extras and videos from the show. Uh, maybe not this one. I don't know because you, you, you'd be a window into our, our personal lives. I mean, this is I'm sitting in my office, which actually looks pretty fucking cool, but I don't know what, what's going on with you. I'm, I'm like every other human being, you prick. I'm in the spare room. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, <laughs> honestly, you should see. The, there's we've got some old Christmas wrapping paper behind me, uh, a paintbrush, obviously, and yep. lots of discarded children's toys. What you can't see is because I have to do meetings for work. I tried to make a mini library, so I've put like some choice oh. hardbacks behind me. I've not written any of them, obviously, like people on the telly do. Um, yeah. But yeah, you've got got a few Booker Prize winners right there, but no one can see them because it's too dark. <laughs> yeah, I remember that period when lockdown first kicked in, and every every time like Channel Four News did a uh, a video interview, you're like, ah, oh, you've just put those books there. No one fucking yeah, has you put one. your book War, that you War wrote. And Peace. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, I've yeah. done that as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, as I said, finally after after four. Clues. Um, we did get some right answers. I am going to say this uh, very quickly. If Chris comes back all fucking high and mighty about his clue-giving ability compared to mine, he better come armed with the clues he'd have given for this pairing because I swear sure. to God it's not as easy as you think. So that's sure. I, Chris, if, you, if you're listening, I say if. Of course you're listening because you want to find out what we've said and if we've done a good job. So there you go. Come on with clues. Uh, congrats, first of all, to Mark Hudson, who got it right, but he was beaten uh, by my personal hero, forgetting it from the fourth clue, Philip Marchmont. I believe Philip Marchmont is a first-time winner of the Guess the Clue, uh, Guess the Clash section. So uh, well done, Philip. Uh, your prize is to look after the Clash of the Titles, Whispering Goat. Uh, he's here right now. Uh, would you like to say anything, Whispering Goat? Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? A pretty dress. <laughs> Great. That's the whispering goat there. Uh, so uh, pick him up whenever you like and uh, feel free to keep him forever. Connection section. What do you got? Witches. Thanks. <laughs> um, Game of Thrones actors. Do you like that one? Uh, I do like that one. Wait, who were from who from uh, The Witch? Um, I know there are Kate Dickey. two. So Kate... Yeah, Kate Dickey played oh, yes, Aaron in Game of Thrones. Yeah, Remember, yeah, she's... she's so good. Now you have no horse, <laughs> which is a bit weird. Yes, 
did you get that? No, it's it's good. I like that. Yeah, I mean, because it makes you realise just how important horses were. I guess they get your car nicked. You're yeah. just getting your car nicked these days and not being able. I can't get to, can't come to work. I've got my car's been yeah, nicked. Can't it's get the to the Aston. Yeah, yeah. I can't ride wherever one would ride in a bitter New England. But I can't ride there because I don't have my horse. Uh, people corrupting religion, people losing their faith, uh, being forced to leave the safety of a community. Um, that that works for obviously at the start of the witch, and then. In Black Death, there's sort of two, really. Like, they're sort of they're, they're forced to leave. Eddie Redmayne's not forced to leave the monastery, I guess. But um, but they are sort of forced to leave the uh, the safety of the, the swamp uh, via death. So um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, someone who dies and then doesn't die. Yes. Yes. Yeah? Eddie yes. Redmayne's uh, Avaril. Avril, and then doesn't Caleb sort of die and then not die? Um, I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, I think he just dies. <laughs> right, fuck you then. So, um, yeah, all right, fine. Th- th- all right, I'll cr- scratching it now. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, this one does work. Intestines on the outside. Oh, um, I won't spoil the witch if you've not seen it before Thursday, but both feature external intestines. It's Andy Nyman. In Black Death, oh when yeah, he gets torture yeah. at the end, torture yeah. in the torture. Fuck him, clever. Yeah, do I feel sorry Fuck for him. you? No. <laughs> yeah. Right then, let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, so Great. on Thursday, uh, V's our goat, which means today apparently that's an acronym for greatest of all time. Oh, so, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Did it's a, a compliment. Tell yeah, you that. Right? Okay. Okay, Unfortunately, cool. I think it was Chris. I think it was Chris, which um, <laughs> which doesn't it doesn't sit well with me, as you can imagine. I think when he told me, I was like, "Duh, yeah, I know that." Made a mental note to use it in the future. So yeah, so on Thursday, Visa Goat. So it's also a compliment. It's fucking lovely. It's brilliant. It works on so many levels. Which means today, I'm a plague on you and your family. Let me take you on a journey. Osamond is a monk, but not really. He pretends he didn't read the small print about no sex, so is in the habit of doing it with Averil, who we will get to know very well in the film and fully understand his infatuation. Anyway, when she runs away from the Black Death, he decides to follow with Ulrich and his band of merry murderers, Mold, Dallywag, Sneezy, Chaz and Dave. In doing so, he leaves the safety of David Warner's warm embrace. Turns out, things are pretty shitty outside the monastery. There's weeping sores, women being murdered, and he's not getting any sex. Arriving in a swampy village, Osamund discovers his girlfriend is dead, but head witch Langiver can bring her back, the proviso being she's a vomit zombie. Osmond does not like this and decides to kill all women. The end. Ladies and gentlemen, Clash Potters one and all, for your consideration, a black death. So, histories with this movie. V. <laughs> um, I had never seen it, but I think I read it when I was at the agency, because it was around the same time and you just got right, to read God, a lot fuck of me, Don't do that. I thought you I thought you what? were about to go. I read it and I'm like I thought you meant for a moment my heart leapt because I've done a bit of research, you know, uh, and I was like, was it a fucking book? I thought you meant, I forgot. Like when you went, no, I, I've read it. I was like, 
I was going to have to lie my way through for the next 10 minutes going, yeah, 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 no, no. I read it too. Yeah, great, great tone. Okay, so you, you read the script. You don't need to lie to me. Yeah, I read. I think I read the script. Uh, it was just, it just feels very familiar. I mean, I can't remember. Uh, but when I was watching the film, I was like, I know this film. I was convinced I'd seen it, but there was like, there's some of the visual elements, like the tearing in half. I don't actually remember seeing for real, but I remember reading them. So I'm going to say, yeah, I read it. <laughs> that's my history with oh, it. That's cool. Never... Yeah, it's okay. No, that's great because, um, no, 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 because there are some things um, about the script that really changed. I don't know whether you'll remember them from uh, your reading, but there are some things that are very different in this final film that weren't in that script you will have read. But we'll I think the trouble is, that. well, the, because yeah. Osmond, the the writing is good, obviously. Like, um, it, in you know, the whole thing about getting a script from page to screen, a lot of the nuance can change and the tone can change. I don't remember. I remember being very stricken by Osmond's plight, but that didn't come across so much in the visual version. Do you know what I mean? But that that is the sort of thing we'll get to. Okay, that's very interesting because, uh, well. We'll come to it. We'll come to it. We'll come to it. Uh, so I watched it when it came out of screening to review it. I remember enjoying it um, because, you know, I think I've said this before on the shelf, bloody love a movie that transports you to a location and or time and absolutely immerses you in that world. And I think this does a damn fine job of putting you in the grim world of a plague-ridden England, plague-ridden England, plague-ridden England in the 1300s. Um, you know, it feels oppressive uh, in, a, in a different way. But and perhaps not quite as effectively as the witch, but you certainly, considering it was filmed in like um, in the woodland of Germany, you sort of go, "This is this." It feels like an alien landscape. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. Which I quite liked about it. I've never watched it since, but I was excited to watch it again. Um, also, it's the Bean, um, which you know, <laughs> I, I love. Um, I do. So. I'll tell you a bit about this film. Produced by former Magpie presenter Douglas Ray. Um, I, I looked that up because I never watched Magpie because it was on ITV. Magpie fan? Never heard Remember of it. Remember Magpie? Nope. I think it was ITV's <laughs> Blue Peter. Nah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I just cool. don't. Well, that's uh, the beginning of the end of that section anyway, so uh, you'll be pleased <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, he just produced Nowhere Boy, uh, the John Lennon biopic oh, right. uh, with Aaron Taylor-Johnson. It's written by Dario Poloni, uh, his second film after Wilderness, uh, which I've not seen, uh, but sounds great. Listen to this. Juvenile delinquents are sent to a small British island after a fellow prisoner's death where they have to fight for survival. Mm. Great. Yeah? <laughs> sure. Yeah. If, sure. Uh, fuck it. If you're not sold, Sean Pertwee's in it. How about that? Oh, then, uh, yes, 1,000%. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it, though? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, sounds like a billion other movies. Sean Pertwee. You fucking what, mate? Sean Pertwee's <laughs> in it. Yes. Yeah, where do I get it? Can I eat it? I want to eat it. It's not. It's a, it's a movie. I still want to eat it. Sean Pertwee's in it. I want to eat him. I want him inside me. Not like that. And finally, uh, Black Death was directed by Chris Smith. Um, Christopher Smith, to uh, give him his full name. I don't know whether he uses Chris Smith, and that would be rude. Uh, so Christopher Smith, his fourth brilliant film in a row. Uh, he'd done Creep. In 2004, not the Mark Duplass one, uh, which is also good, but the grim London underground horror. Then he did the brilliant Severance in 2006 uh, with friend of the show, James Moran. Um, check out Cabin in the Woods versus Scream episode, which James guested on. Uh, then he did Triangle in 2009, which Chris swears is awesome. And I unfortunately haven't seen. Uh, have you seen Triangle? No. 
No, we. I, I think Chris wants to do it on the show, um, so I'll, I'll, I won't um, explain any more about that. Uh, and then obviously this, the Black Death, um, Black Death rather, in 2010. So he's uh, actually in post-production on his new movie at the moment, and he's uh, returned to the sort of religious, slightly supernatural horror roots. It's called Consecration. It's uh, about the suspicious death of a priest whose sister, played by Jenna Malone, goes to the Mount Saviour convent in Scotland to find out what really happened to her. And with the help of Father Romero, played by Danny Houston, uh, they uncover Ooh. a murder, sacrilege, and a disturbing truth about her own shadowy past that brings long-buried trauma to the surface. That's all right. Okay. It's I'll have good. a bit of consecration. Sure. <laughs> Look, you know, I'm, look, this, uh, what did I just say? A fucking monastery, uh, like a monastery uh, or a convent like, in the wilds of Scotland. You know what I'm like about isolated, like name of the rose kind do, of like yeah. shit. Like, yeah. you know, put them in the middle of nowhere with like, it's too fucking stormy and wild and remote to make it away from there in one. Like, I love shit like that. Anyway, let's get back to Black Death. Uh, it's the late noughties then, and Douglas Ray has got the movie off the ground, uh, funded by as a German production after failing to find any interest in the UK explaining why it was shot in Germany. So initially, Jeffrey Sachs was meant to be directing. Uh, he'd done the he's done the Michael Keaton uh, horror. He'd done it by this point. Uh, White Noise, which I've seen, it's fine. Uh, the Alex Ryder Stormbreaker movie, which I've not and probably will never see. Uh, but most notably, he directed Doctor Who. The movie, the one with Paul McGann. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. Fucking yeah. Ha- hate, hate, hate that movie. Hate it so Why? much. Why? Because um, Sylvester Sylvester McCoy is my favourite Doctor, and um, oh, that's and true. That's just that's just but, our age, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I know, but you know, you saw. I I think in my head, I I sort of because you didn't, you know, there was no internet back then, so I hadn't seen any trailers or anything. I'm like, fucking a, I get a Sylvester McCoy feature length movie, and first five minutes, who dies? Sylvester McBloody Coy. Um, Did I ever so... tell you I met Sylvester McCoy in Help the Aged in Blackburn when I was about um, 16? I can't Why remember if he was there on purpose. <laughs> this is the, the tr- I did ask for his autograph, which is not, I've, I've never done, I think that's the only person I've ever asked for their autograph. Um, but I can't mm. remember if he was in there on purpose or if he was just in Help the Aged. I knew at the time. Oh, wow. Over the years, yeah. Over the years, that story has just sort of melted away from me. But I did ask him for his autograph, and he was very kind about it. I mean, I, I, like, he's up there for me, in that sort of like with Burt Reynolds as like one of my earliest, like, genuine sort of like fan, like fandom kind of people. Yeah. Where I was just, <laughs> oh my God, I, I love him. And years later, I was not my first Edinburgh Festival. So I was 18, 19, 19 years old. In sort of 1998, and he was there in a bar. He must have been doing a play or something up there. I don't know. But I went up to him, and I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Sylvester McCoy. And I shook his hand uh, for so long that his publicist had to remove my hand from his. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I just couldn't, didn't let go. I've, I've never, I don't think I'd ever met, like, a like in my eyes, inverted commas, celebrity at that point. So I was just, I just was shaking it for as long as possible. I figured like, that's how you got your money's worth, not through conversation, but how long? <laughs> I was shaking, I was shaky hand man from Banzai. I was just like going and going and going. And then they were like, is there anything else? I was like, no, it's just, wow, it's great to meet you. Like, That'll do then. Off you go now. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so yeah. 
I loved I loved McCoy. Uh, anyway, that's not that's, I'm not a comment on Jeffrey Sachs because uh, you know I'm sure it wasn't his choice. So back to the Black Death uh, and Jeffrey Sachs is directing. It was Sean Bean. He was in it from the start. Uh, Rupert Friend in the Eddie Redmayne role and uh, another Game oh, of right. Thrones uh, alumni, uh, Lena Headey uh, was going to play the witch. Um, Great. I actually can see both, both Rupert Friend and uh, Lena Headey in those roles. Um, yeah, But Headey drops out. Uh, there's talk of Famke Janssen playing the witch. I can also see that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but then Jeffrey Sachs drops out. Uh, Rupert Friend is gone. No Famke Janssen. And in steps Christopher Smith as the director. Uh, he's the one who brings in the likes of oh, Tim McKinnery. Oh, so good. <laughs> so oh, good. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he brings in Tim McKinnery, uh, John Lynch, and Carice Van Houten as Langiver, the witch. And he did have a hand in bringing Eddie Redmayne in as well. Uh, I found an interview with him uh, from Unrated Magazine at the time uh, where he said of Redmayne, he's a young actor and he's really breaking through. There was another director attached to the project before me and Redmayne wasn't at the top of the list. So when I started looking through all these audition tapes that they'd done, I looked at Eddie and I was like, this guy is amazing. <laughs> uh, he does say of his, his casting in general. I uh, I don't want it to feel like these guys just got off Oxford Street and just came back from shopping covered in their moisturisers and looking pretty for the cameras. I want these guys to feel and look like real guys and to have skin that looks aged. Eddie fucking Redmayne? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding? The, the man refuses to age. Like, I watched this movie like and I thought he was in it. I was like... He looks exactly the same as he fucking looks now. The man, the man, like, I think he secretes moisturizer. So I don't know what the fuck that means. I mean, yeah. if you're going to say that, put the caveat on the end, apart from Eddie, because he's fucking beautiful. <laughs> so, you know, hey, I wanted everyone, everyone, including the women, to look horrible and aged. But Eddie, I mean, you can't, you can't fuck with that. People, that's, you know, no, I you want can't on seats. That. So, Eddie specifically, I wanted to look like he just got off Oxford Street from shopping covered in moisturisers, <laughs> uh, which which he does. Why does uh, he, he keep does. saying plural moisturisers as well? Like, it just shows such an ignorance of the beauty industry. We go serum, moisturiser, maybe a bit of retinol, but we do not use multiple moisturisers. Ridiculous man. A ridiculous man. <laughs> covered in your moisturisers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying, wearing your coats. What are you talking about? I only wear one coat. Uh, have you got all your pants on? What? How? What? You've got all of them on. <laughs> it's you in your fancy got... moisturisers. Wearing your perfumes. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be cold in the, in, in, in the German woodlands, so make sure you've got all your pants on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Christopher. I'm going to have to... Um, I might have to report you because it feels quite personal. What you're suggesting about sort of my groin area that it looks it looks bulked up in some way because of the several frozen to bits, frozen. <laughs> Maybe you go go to the toilets before you uh, come on set. <laughs> the, 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 the toilets. I mean, do you mean? Do you sort of say are we in a poo of different toilets, or do you mean use uh, use more than one toilet? Just go to the toilets. And then comes on sets. What? Are you just pluralizing every, every, everything? Says these Nose. lines as. Oh, no, that works. Uh, right then. Uh, so, the only disagreement, because uh, a lot of historians were like, 
bloody good film, bloody good realization of the time period. Very, very good. Very, very good, Christopher Smith. Um, but the, the, the disagreement seems to be about whether this film is set at the right time period. Um, and a lot of it stems from the line uh, where one of the mercenaries uh, goes, there's a village to the north that burned 128 witches in one night. By the time that night was through, they killed every woman in the village. By the end of the week, the men were shagging pigs. So uh, aside from the beautiful image, um, this is set in what, 1348, something like that. And yes, yeah. The, in- the information that backs up the idea of them killing witches at all uh, and to that sort of degree at that time period is this, that uh, obviously during the 14th century, all of Europe was devastated by a series of events, crop failures, uh, resulting in food shortages. This was between 1315 and 1317. And then the Black Plague obviously decimated millions upon millions 30 years later. So as a result of those two events, social and economic tensions ran hot and is often the case in times of unrest. Marginalised members of society often bore the brunt of the population's fear and frustration. And most supposed witches were usually old women and invariably poor Anyone who looked crone-like, snaggle-toothed, sunken-cheeked, having a hairy lip, were assumed to possess. Oh my God, Jesus! Don't look at me! (laughs) I swear to God, this thing is out of control. It's out of control. I don't know. I'm gonna have to have hormone therapy or something. I don't know what to do. That's really struck. That's I'm just in a very vulnerable place at the moment with this, and that's really struck a nerve with me right now. For my whole life, my twenties, my thirties. My lip hair was normal and I turned yep. 40 and it's just, it's like a fucking sweeping brush. It just goes and goes. <laughs> it's just vertical and horizontal rather. It's unreal. They, I'd be, I would be so burned, 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 burned. Now you see if that, if you could, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm spitballing here, but if you could have that maybe transplanted, let me, and let me prefix yeah. this with, I've never noticed it. So this is something in your head, but <laughs> Do you if promise? you could have, I promise. I promise. But if you could have, if you could have this 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 apparent lip hair, uh, alleged yep. lip hair, uh, removed <laughs> and tr- transplanted so it sort of hung down as a curtain in front of your eyes, you could yeah. kill two birds with one stone and stop all those yeah. bees that always fly into your eyes and grit. Yeah, hundred percent. Bees carrying also, grit. Don't need mascara anymore. So that's. I mean, that's quite. I do spend quite a lot of money on mascara. I mean, the, the, M- yes, mascaras, the mascaras. <laughs> Mascaras. Yes, that's exactly right. Are you in your fancy mascaras? What? <laughs> that's that's exactly right, Alex. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Sorry, yes. Women that look like witches got burned as witches. Yeah, but in the terms of the time period, this is sort of this is the the fourteenth century because this is around the time of the Black Death and um, and crop shortages in Europe. So that sort of fits with the timeline of this film. Uh, but there's a, another argument that suggests that there is no way 128 witches were burned at the stake in, in 1348. Uh, because except no. in cases of murder, treason, or, or treason, witchcraft was actually only taken seriously in England and the English courts uh, um, by the, the 16th century. So the 1500s yeah. was when we started to sort of go witchcraft. Um, it was actually not made a capital offence in Britain until 1563. Um, yes. And uh, although the Pope deemed it heresy in 1484, uh, but from 1484 onwards till around 1750, about 200,000 witches were tortured, burnt or hanged in 
Western Europe. Um, so, yeah, so it, I, I mean, I'm erring on the latter that this sort of takes a bit of liberty with history because it wants to be around the time of the Black Death. It just wants to the, do both. It, it wants the two cool things, which is fine because yeah. it's a film. Yeah. But historically, yes, I don't believe in 1348 um, they were burning hundreds of women as witches. That just no. came a lot later. But also, yeah, because it's, oh, to get into it, you, it's easy for us looking back to go, oh, yeah, when they were suspicious of someone, they just burned them. But there was due process. It, it's not a system that we would necessarily want to be held to. But, it's mm. you know, the Pope declares something heresy, but it takes a while to sort of trickle down to what was then the legal system. And, you you know, the people were nervous of God. You can't just burn a woman for, quote, marks, no reason. Um, you mm. have to believe that you are acting on the side of God. And that took a few more hundred years, I believe, to become the case. Yeah, but isn't there also the argument that uh, that it was it was it was the corruption of this due process because you had like the uh, the who was the famous one Matthew Hopkins the, yeah. the the guy who was like a failed lawyer who who then basically announced he was a, a witch hunter and yes. you know he was he was paid uh, you know ludicrous sums for the time to um, to cleanse you know townships and hamlets and what have you of of witches and so therefore there was a financial motivation for him so of course he's going to err on the side of yeah she's a witch she's a witch she's a witch she's a witch and it sounds to me like some of these people like were, were almost private contractors uh as opposed yeah. to you know uh, actual uh, assigned by the king witch hunters yeah it's dark it is I, I mean i really like i went on a bit of a deep dive and i was like jesus christ there's um there's a lot there. But anyway, let's get into this movie. Uh, I've got, as I said, uh, uh, quite a bit of um, stuff to say about the end, but I will do that at the end and indeed after this break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, um, here we go. Into the England of 1348. Half the kingdom is dead from the Black Death. People oh, sorry, are you doing a voiceover? Dog... Are you doing a voiceover? Are you doing no, a voiceover just... in a film that's called Black Death and I'm being told there's a plague? <laughs> Have you lost your ah. freaking mind? <laughs> Have you lost your mind? I've seen the poster. I can read. It's called Black Death. Uh, voiceover. A plague sweeps the land. No shit, does it? Because the, the, 
film called Black Death. Are you fucking joking me right now? I just don't understand. <laughs> Sorry. Look, Sorry, but carry you on got, with your voiceover. You've got to take into account the, the 0.1% of that room who were like, I have no idea what Black Death is. <laughs> so, you know, if that person isn't enjoying it, that is one cinema goer who's going to leave that cinema and go, I honestly, like, I didn't understand. People just seem to have sores. For I, I mean, what am I? <laughs> you know why is it? Oh, <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean, mate? Do not go and see Black Death because fuck knows what that's about. Is it? It's about a plague. Oh, oh what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's one of those? It gives you sores. What are they? You just mentioned them. You just said there were sores in the movie, so I know you know what sores are. Who are you? Get away from me. Right. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I found it a bit baffling. Like, why don't you just, exterior, market square, there's plague bodies everywhere. Oh, it's done. That's your exposition, done. <laughs> I just found it maddening. It feels like you're leaning into this uh, famous adage, show, don't tell, which I believe is oh, part yeah. of the, <laughs> it's, it's part of the language of film. Um <laughs> There is, I have, a, I, have a, I have another problem uh, with, with this voiceover, uh, besides the fact it exists at all. Uh, the church there believes it's witchcraft. Our, our job was to hunt down a demon. Now, for me, you say demon in the voiceover at the top, and I'm a stickler for this. I'm like, I want to see a fucking demon. There better be a demon yes. in this film. Like, I, you just, oh, it's, a, it's a tiny little reversion. I, I know they see witches as demonic, but we don't know that yet, really. Um, so I just think demons, to me, in film language, possess people, and they're not witches per se. I, yeah. I just think it should say, you know, uh, our job was to hunt down a necromancer, because you can't say witchcraft again. You said witchcraft. Uh, the church believes it's witchcraft. Our job was to hunt down a necromancer, which they use later anyway. So this is like the only yeah. mention of demon. Really? So, yeah, I'm not not for that. Anyway, uh, we're in a monastery. Um, we get a good, accurate look at the symptoms of the plague. Nasty, weeping sores under the arms. It's grim. Uh, we also get the legendary David Warner. Oh, uh, I just... I, a big David Warner fan. Uh, Christopher Smith says um, in this interview, he goes, I've done four interviews today and everyone wants to know about David Warner. He's one of those actors. If you see him reading lines in a room, he's got so much gravity. He almost feels too big for the screen. Um, apparently Sean Bean told a story while they were making the film uh, where he, when he was on the set of the field and uh, Richard Harris was performing and he does this scene and the director was worried that Harris's performance was just too big. And Richard Harris said, no, just go back and watch it in the rushes. You'll love it. It's brilliant, darling. And he went on to win an Oscar for that performance. <laughs> so basically, uh, Christopher Smith says, David Warner is one of those similar actors uh, where you watch him in the room and you go, what? This guy's ridiculous. But on screen when you play it back, <laughs> it's brilliant, which is really yeah. funny. I love that idea of going, fucking hell, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> Can we, is it too late? To, oh, my God, actually, no, no, fucking fair play. Fair play. That was, uh, that was very good, David. And we also meet Eddie Redmayne as Osmond, uh, not Donny, uh, a different Osmond. Just... <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he's a bad monk. 
because uh, he has a girlfriend called Averill. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, we do never get to see why he'd betray his oath for Averill. Uh, <laughs> we don't really get to know Averill uh, very well, uh, do we? No, it's a real shame because they have this very emotional reunion, but I just, uh, I don't know, you don't, it's such a big deal, I believe, for a monk to sort of, you know, hmm. go against God in that way. But then they're like, you're like, okay, cool, fine. You're star-crossed lovers, I get it. And then she's like, I'll wait for you in the forest. And I obviously thought she was going to say, forever. <laughs> she says, for a week. <laughs> it's like, oh, what, are, you, are you guys into each other or not? Like, uh, one week, is that all I get? Like, travel is hard. Like, I could be a day late either side. I don't know. But so it, it, I found it, yes, I, I wish we could have spent a bit more time with them just being a normal couple. How about we uh, we start with... Uh, Osmond uh, waking up in bed with Avril post coitus, and uh, and then we see him make his way. We have there. We have a little bit of oh, I love you. I love you too. Oh, really? Yeah, I really love you. <laughs> and then, like, then he makes his way sneakily in the break of dawn back to the monastery. And we get to see all the plague shit. Then and he's like, oh god, I better get back to the monastery. And then you kill two birds with one stone. There you go. How about yeah, that? Great idea. Really, really good. Yes. Thanks. Enter. Ulrich. Um, so, uh, yeah, like you said, Avril's running away and she uh, wants uh, Osman to come, but Osman needs a sign. And that sign is Ulrich. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. God, give me a sign. Cut to. <laughs> just yeah. I mean, I'm laughing. That's exactly the sort of thing I would write because I think it's very clever. But then when you <laughs> see it on the screen, you're like, is it a bit blunt, maybe? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you've got me into that frame of mind as well now. Like, I know. Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, because you've been, you said something the other day, I can't remember what, and I was like, oh, you were like transitions. You were talking about clever transitions from scene to scene, and I couldn't find yeah. one. So she closes a door in one scene, and the other scene, she closes <laughs> a different door. And it's like, yeah, no, she opens the door and then closes the door. And it's all this, I was like, bloody good. And then That'll I was like, do. is it? <laughs> is it though? Does it need that? Is it? Am I sort of going door, doors and doors? I couldn't think of anything else. But once you get into it, you can't stop. Like I'm yeah. like, like I spend more, I spend more time writing like fun transitions than I do writing actual scripts. So that's the problem. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. Thanks. Anyway, uh, I I'd argue that. Sean Bean is on familiar turf here. Uh, this sure. Isn't, <laughs> this is, he is not stretching himself with this movie. He's good because he, he's fucking Sean Bean doing what Sean Bean does well. A village has not been infected beyond the reach of the pestilence. Why? <laughs> fucking love him. Uh, David, uh, <laughs> David Warner does not want uh Osman to go uh, because he says he'll be changed by the experience, whatever happens. He's already changed. So He's kind of... having sex. Like, that's, I don't know. Is that a problem in the script? Like, he'll be changed means, I think, you'll be less of a monk than you were before. But he's already mm. bonking away having his end away. So he's not much of a monk. It's, I don't know. It's difficult. I understand David Warner's like paternalistic instinct. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I just wondered if it was a bit watered down because... Osman doesn't seem to feel guilty <laughs> about the fact, mm. or not yet, that he is breaking his oath. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird one because uh, 
he breaks his oath, but then he asks God for a sign. And then he's out in the thing and he's like, this isn't God's way. And so it's sort of like, so do, are you like, are, are you doubting religion at the start? No, you just want to, because for him to become corrupted, he needs to be very holy at the start. So he's holy at the start, but he's also not. So it's it's yeah. like, yeah, I see what you mean. There's uh it's a little bit of a, it's a bit cloudy, which actually, well, well, we'll talk about it when we come to it. Anyway, um, so page 12, bang on, uh, bang on, right? Uh, he leaves the monastery. So we're off, we're off out into the wilds of England, 1348. Uh, we get some exciting foreboding about where they're heading. God's been cast aside, and in his place sits a demon. Um, plucks, <laughs> plucks dead from the cold earth and breathes life back into them. Uh, we meet the gang, uh, courtesy of Wolfstan, Wolfstan's descriptions. Uh, the standouts for me, uh, Johnny Harris as Mold. Love, love Johnny oh, Harris. Oh, yeah. As God, he's brilliant. I just Isn't love he? him in everything. He's so, yeah. it's no shade on him. Sometimes I mistake him for Eddie Morrison, which, which, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Uh, makes me sort of inject that love. But when I remember who he actually is, I still love him very much. Yeah, he's great. Even his, um, even his intro, um, Wolfstan says to Osmond, Mold is a man to leave well alone. And you're like, oof, all right, cool. Uh, also, my other standouts, um, I'm not doing all of them, is Andy Nyman as Dallywag and his torture equipment. It'll split any man from his arsehole to his Adam's apple. Good, except that uh, bad, because you say that, I'm going to need to see it. I do need to see it. And to, to tell me that, oh, I'm going to see a man split from his arsehole to his Adam's apple. And then to sort of go, no, no, you're not. I'm, fuck off, mate. Come on. You can't set that up. <laughs> All we see is Tim McKinnery standing in it. And it's like, and? Yeah. And? Yeah. It does yeah, look uncomfortable. But he doesn't get split. Split him. No. Put him in there and split him. Uh, but they can't, uh, which will come to. Anyway, uh, so they find a woman being accused of witchcraft by an angry mob. Um, a scene that, uh, uh, okay, uh, let me uh, let me add the caveat that uh, I didn't feel like this for long. But for a very brief moment, you just can't help but go, oh, yeah, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. We spot you. <laughs> Yeah, you're you, right. You, you just you you swap out. You swap out. She poisoned the water in our well with. She turned me into a new. I, I, I got better, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, it's so difficult. That movie <laughs> casts such a big shadow over any mob accusing someone of witchcraft. It's just, <laughs> but. Oh, anyway, the similarities are very quickly cast aside uh, when Ulrich uh, fucking kills her. Um, mm. uh, in, uh, it's a very effective death. Uh, I think Christopher Smith does a fantastic job of showing us the, showing us the brutality of this period and like just the brutality. You get a taste of how brutal the actual action and the killing and the realism um, is going to be when it comes to deaths. Uh, in Christopher Smith's words, uh, part of what that is and the effectiveness of that scene is in the way he kills her. It feels as though how you would cut someone's throat. It's not a slash. It's hard work like you were killing a pig. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. I was like, yep, that works for me. 
He says uh, the sound effects took ages to get right because we wanted it to feel real but not over the top. Uh, he throws her down and she's dead. It's just brutal not over and the it top. happens in a long shot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I think he owes the sound effects designer a debt there, but she's fair enough. He's the director. There's a lot of squelching, which happens in this save the witch moment kind of thing. Later on, mm. which we'll get to, that battle with the savages it's yep. just more or less 95% squelching. Like it's, I would say that maybe is a bit over the top. I don't know. I mean, he's, I, I think, I think those, I, I think those effects are, I mean, I, I've got to imagine because he, he, he talks at length about, you know, the importance of the realism. So I imagine those squelching sex are, effects are, are real. Um, I think he, he also, he mentions that, you know, he took out all the swishes um, from sword play. So when uh, when people like swing swords in medieval movies, you often have that swish swish noise. Uh, he says, uh, <laughs> yeah. he said, he said that's in samurai movies, but and it seems to which is fine, but it seems like it fits in everything now. Apparently, you can even punch someone; you hear the wind move. Man, it's ridiculous. That's movie <laughs> sound, not real sound. When you punch someone, you don't hear the wind. We try to create sounds that would fit for what we think is real. So they spend a lot Fair of enough. time on the sound effects. Um, right, we should try and get to know this uh, group of merry murderers um, a little better. And we do kind of in a good campfire scene, uh, the discussion of the mercy giver, which was intended to kill injured men in battle mercifully. And the monologue yeah. about King Edward after a victory said the enemy soldiers should be killed without mercy. God's greatest army descended into savagery. Love that line. I love this scene. It reminds me of the campfire sequence in Dog Soldiers. You know where a movie stops? Yeah, 100%. But the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Osmond says to Ulrich, the woman you killed was not a witch. Um, oh, Osmond, how you're going to change. <laughs> We see uh, the procession in the river. Uh, so another uh, note of historical accuracy here, um, the uh, flagellants, uh, the group flogging themselves as they walk down the river. Uh, little backstory, the flagellants were a penitential, uh, penitential movement whose popularity increased in the 14th century. They believed that the plague was God's punishment for sin. So they engaged in self-mortification of their flesh and traveled from place to place, calling for repentance, motivated by the belief that such displays of penance would bring salvation salvation to Christendom. I like them. Uh, I like yeah, I didn't scene. know what they were. Like, I don't know enough about the period. Like, you, I understand like self-flagellation. But mm. when they come marching down, it's really scary and it is good. And I think the drip feed of like where we are going is bad gets progressively more intense in a in a very like uh, scary way. But I was just mm. like, who are these people? <laughs> like, I just didn't know what the flagellation movement was. And I didn't realize they went from village to village, presumably spreading the very plague that they were terrified of. <laughs> um, so it was it was a cool moment, but I just didn't I didn't get it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, like you just said, going from village to village, because that's that's that that was the criticism Christopher Smith uh, had not not criticism, but people were like, "That's great that you've included them." Historians were like, "That is absolutely bang on the money. These people, these flagellants, were real." However, 
they would not have been walking down a river because they wanted everyone, as many people as possible, to see what they were doing so people would join Uh, them and their numbers would grow and people would go, yes, this is the right way to earn salvation. And so having them in a river was like, well, there's no one around. Why are you in this fucking river? Um, But Christopher Smith says, I wanted a shot in a river. And in my mind, (laughs) having them walk against the current of the river was even harder on themselves so it sort of doubled their penance which is makes perfect sense but um yeah but yeah they did they wanted they were show-offs really look at me flagellating <laughs> visually um i think they look cool uh, so uh griff one of the gang gets the plague and we get to see what was only previously described the mercy giver uh uh there's a great line here I think it's um, Ulrich, uh, even if it's not, um, I'm going to assume it is, because then I get to do Bean. Be on your guard. <laughs> God has slipped over the horizon. Nice line. Be on your guard. <laughs> God has slipped over the horizon. You know I like big I think overblow. the scene is a bit... Ooh. I do like God has slipped over the horizon. It makes up for, and this isn't their fault, because you know that Steve Coogan... And Rob Brydon show the trip. Did you ever see that? The yeah. um, We Leave at Dawn yeah. episode? Do you remember that one? So when no. Sean Bean says earlier in the monastery, we leave at dawn. What is it? Yeah, Nine for 9.30, that scene. But it's basically we leave at dawn for a battle cry. Uh-huh. Obviously, I was pissing myself laughing because I love that scene in the trip. But then God has slipped over the horizon, like makes up for it later. So fine. Wait, what's, the, like, what's the scene in the trip? So wait, Sean trip- Bean's in the trip. No, no, no. It's just uh, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. They're in Cumbria or the Clitheroe or somewhere misty and, and foggy and whatever. And they're walking outside and it's mm. all like, and they're like, oh, imagine the battles that would have taken place here. And he's like, oh, I'd love to play a person that gets to say, men, we leave at dawn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, okay. So they practice that for a bit. And then he's like, oh, it's, all, it's, all, it's always dawn, isn't it? It's never like, we leave at seven. Guys, we're going to leave at seven. <laughs> and so he does it in the voice again and again and again. And it gets more and more funny where he's like, we leave at nine for nine thirty. It's just—it's the funniest thing you've ever heard. I will send it to you. It's—it's it's so so funny, but it means you can never hear anyone say "We leave at dawn" ever yeah. again. It's ruined. Um, but this scene with Griff, I yeah. just think—I think there there should be some surprises in this scene, which is. Because basically, he asks for mercy and he gets mercy, so he should either oh, want to live, and yeah. his friends should still kill him. Or he should be, and maybe it's hinted at, or maybe I'm seeing stuff that I wanted to see, he should be in a sexual relationship with the man that ends his life because all he Mm. says is, friend, give me mercy, and his friend gives him mercy. So where is my surprise in that scene? That the plague is a real thing? I already knew that. Though I don't know what I'm watching kind of thing. Like, where's the little naughtiness? Got you. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Makes perfect sense. Can have that. You get I will have have that. I've taken that. I like that. Um, Osman sneaks off to meet Averill, uh, but instead finds savages uh, and evidence of her death. Uh, big fight. Uh, Ivo dies. Um, it's good. I mean, look, I guess there's, there's one way of looking at this, which is that um, it's kind of like a it's like a war movie. It's like a, a dirty dozen. Like this is these are these are the dirty a zombie dozen. movie really at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of this sort of group of um, of, of uh, this witch hunters, they are sort of like the dirty dozen. They're mm-hmm. going out into the danger, uh, a dangerous place, like um, uh, you know, a, su- a suicide squad. Um, and um, 
but more 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 dirty dozen. And so you start to like see their numbers <laughs> depleted, um, which is always good. I just. I really don't feel like we got to know Ivo um, at all. I mean, granted, no. he's he's got no tongue, uh, which they uh, they tell us. Um, Griff as well, you know. Um, it's sort of like we're getting rid of the we're getting rid of the chaff, uh, but you still want. Yeah. If you're getting rid of the chaff, there still has to like like you just said with Griff. It's like you still need a bit of an emotional like you need something to have connected to because it's all very well going. Well, we need to kill some of them. But for those deaths to be worthwhile, we still need to have known those people uh, uh, just a, a little bit more. And I, I swear, beyond Wolfstan's introduction, that so and so, that so and so, I don't, I don't really know these guys, and I, no. I don't see a lot of camaraderie, like you said, with the relationship between um, Wolfstan and and Griff when he kills him. It's like, well, you know, other than that moment where he's like, he was my friend in so many words, you know, it's like, yeah. well, let's see that friendship. A little earlier. Yeah. Anyway, Ivo's gone. Uh, battle scenes are, are pretty good. Um, Chris Smith said he wanted to shoot it in a way that this event could have happened 10 years ago instead of something that happened six in, 600 years uh, ago. Um, that's why he shot it as though it was war footage. Uh, and he wanted to shoot it in a way uh, with, the res- with respect for the absolute human tragedy that it was. So... There you have that. That's uh, his take on it. Ulrich's not happy with Osmond uh, because because of you. One of my men is dead, which leads us. Uh, oh yeah, that's what he says. He goes lead us to the village. My, my Sean Bean's not on point today because um, I <laughs> tell you it's because we're recording remotely, so I don't have my own ears. In this let me just explain, guys. Um, so normally my Sean Bean is better, but um, because we're recording <laughs> remotely, I don't have my own ears in my head, so I can't really hear the the the, the very um, like intricate inflection of the voice that it requires to do Sean Bean. So um, uh, so apologies that you're not getting a full bore Sean Bean, but but know that you know when we uh, when we do um, I don't know, don't say a word. I'll be back doing a, a full bore <laughs> Sean Bean. Uh, right. Ulrich's not happy with Osmond. Um, lead us to the village or stay here and be damned. So let's get to this bloody village. They arrive at the village. It's great. Wickerman vibes. Or the, yeah, end of, yeah. the end of Southern Comfort, where it's like, this is yeah. nice, is That's it? Point. Yeah. Um, Tim McInery, great as Hob. Just like, because he's such a, you forget he's such a, like, because he's like, I mean, like, for people of a certain age, he's fucking Percy. And he will always be Percy uh, because, you know, Blackadder was such a big part of our childhoods. Um, but, yeah. like, you forget what, like, as Percy, he never seemed this big. He's like a he's huge He's up, though, man. hasn't he? Yeah. Like, he I has. He must have done. He's got huge muscles, and it was a shock mm. to me. Um, mm. Yeah, but it is nice to see him. Just really imposing. Uh, Carice Van Houten as Lynn Giver, uh, doing a, a similar thing that she did so well in Games of Thro- Game of Thrones as uh, <clears throat> Melisandre. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, right, let's do this. Um, I guess uh, these witch hunters, so they know a, inverted commas, demon is in this village. They accept all this goodwill and food because, and I think it's quite clever because I didn't pick up on it until I was thinking about it because you're like, what the fuck are you doing? You know <laughs> that everything is poisoned, uh, probably. Like, these are bad people. You've been like, this is just no god here. They, we, that's all we've heard. They they come to this village because they know it's evil. 
And the fact that they must accept all this free food and drink and everything is it's because they've had their horses stolen. You know, like you said at the start, losing your horse is oh, bad. It's like they yeah. get rid of the horses, so they were so fucked now from the walk that that they have to accept the gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because otherwise, yeah. otherwise it's all I a just, bit sort yeah. of like what, like why get rid of the horses? Yeah, just yeah. I didn't I hadn't thought. I thought they just got rid of the horses <clears> so that they wouldn't be able to escape when things went wrong. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I just I, I, I it seems a bit like. I just, I think the moment when they were like, uh-oh, food's poisoned. It's like, yeah, I, it, it, of course it is. Like, everyone knew that before <laughs> you knew that. And it's like, I guess because they've had to walk there and drag, um, you know, the arsehole to the Adam's apple splitter, that the uh, it must have been because of the, that's why they got rid of the horses. Anyway, we get uh, Lang- Langiver's backstory about her husband was killed by men of God, hence why she hates the church. Yeah, that's why yeah. yeah. Um, or she's a witch, whatever. Oh, yes, or she's a witch. Uh, that's true. Uh, I forgot to mention that the, a previous unit of witch hunters have been sent to the village, never to be seen again. And one of the villagers is wearing the pendant of chief witch hunter. Um, I do love the the bit where they're about to eat dinner and uh, Sean Bean goes, let us pray. And he forces uh, them to pray. And I love Carice Van Houten. And give us face. She's so good. She, yeah. 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 <laughs> when she's like, he's going on and on and yeah. on. It's didn't, really good. And they expect the old fucking Lord's Prayer. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's great. So. Langiver shows Osmond uh, the body of Avril. Uh, he questions why God is punishing him. She basically is trying to work out which side Osmond is on. Uh, I don't quite fully understand why she immediately takes a shine to Osmond uh, because no. he is he's a man of God. Uh, you know, yes, he's not carrying a sword, so he's not perhaps going to kill them as much as everyone else, but he's still exactly what she hates. So why she's taken it upon herself to give him of all of them, this lifeline. Any idea? No, just, well, so he's a corrupted man of God. So she might hate him a bit less because he's broken his oath. I thought it was going to be that she'd take, you know, later on, she is good when she's, she's like, Oh, I just like you. And it's like, that's, she delivers that well enough for me to buy that. Um, I thought that there would be some use for him in the community. So a corrupted yeah. priest is uh, monk, sorry, is useful for her village in this way. And I, it, that just didn't come to pass. But initially, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, obviously, as I said, the men have been drugged. Osmond secretly watches a ceremony where Langiver appears to bring the dead Averill back to life, which understandably... Uh, scares the shit out of him. I did a bit of reading around <laughs> sort of med- medieval movies, and uh, the uh, apparently like like both their uh, Langiver. I, and when I started to think about it, it's like, yeah, but that was both Langiver and Avril do do actually. You know, we were sort of joking about how little we learn about Avril at the start, but they are they're, they're two very sort of uh, very familiar tropes of women uh, in medieval movies. Uh, the the two archetypes uh, are a beautiful virgin. Uh, kind yep. of who must be protected from an evil seductress, usually a pagan or non-Christian woman. And so while Avril has no agency, she basically does exist to give Osmond uh, a reason for his actions. And Langiver is beautiful, but devious and heretical. Uh, she embodies the bad woman, drives good man, insane trope. <laughs> yeah, it's made, there's a, it's made a mother crone is like the, the triangle of 
uh, feminine archetypes, and I don't know, you, you can get into it, but you've got three uses, and the only way to step outside of that is to be a witch, <laughs> basically. Mm. So you're a maiden, virgin, you're a mother, or you're old and you're past it, and then you're sort of burned as a witch, basically. Mm. Yeah. So it's uh, it's the climax now. Uh, this is where I've got a lot of questions, and I, like, let me prefix this by saying I do enjoy. This climax, I just, I, it throws up a few questions, which you might be able to answer because, uh, you know, I can be an idiot and I might have just gone, da, <laughs> da, 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 da. But uh, I, I, on this watch, sort of, I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, fine, fucking great. Yeah, torture. Yeah, bro. Ooh, love it. But now I'm, I'm a bit confused. So <sighs> it's a bit murky, but enough, enough interesting stuff happens. So we're in the water prison. Uh, the men are told, uh, renounce your God and live, but not really. So ultimately, <laughs> the options here appear to be death or death, which yeah. like sort of very quickly removes any sense of like, oh, which way will either of them go? It's like your options are <laughs> death or death. It's, it's like the fucking Eddie Izzard gag. Do you want cake or death? Cake, please. Well, we're out of cake. So my options are or death. Uh, it's like what the, it's it's just it's it's a bit it's a bit weird because Andy Nyman's dallywag refuses to renounce his faith and gets sliced open his intestines yanked out. Swire then renounces his faith and gets hanged anyway. And it's like I know they don't see that happen, but Ulrich tells him you will die if you renounce your faith. So Ulrich has yeah. already said. The, like he he announces to the group, so it's almost it's almost pointless that they do Swire's death away, so no one can see it. Because Ulrich has said, yes. and Ulrich is the leader, you will die if you renounce your faith. You will die if you don't renounce your faith. So it's like, what am I watching here? Am I just watching a scene where men are just one by one picked off? Well, it's, yeah, I th I think it requires you. Oh well, this is my reading of it. It requires you, the viewer, to give a shit about God, because that's the only emotional weight that that has. Because the other way of reading the scene is the witch, uh, Carice Van Hoot, she's messing with them. She's like, renounce your faith, renounce your faith. Ha, 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 killed you anyway. And now you're going to hell because mm. you renounced your faith. That requires you to believe in God as a viewer in the first place. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> poor guy, he's going to hell. Um, otherwise, yeah, you're just watching. But the other thing is, she could have said to them, if you renounce, you'll get a more merciful death, which is true. Being hanged from a tree is obviously not as bad as being crucified. That's all sort of by the by for me because the trouble is, like you say, dirty dozen vibes, that's all good. But I'm watching a gang of men that I've been told are bad dudes. And now all yeah. of a sudden I'm meant to give a shit that they're getting killed, especially Andy Nyman, who I really like as a person. But he's been like, I'm a yeah. truth getter. Yeah, I'm a, you, I've seen it all. So when he gets nailed mm. to a cross, it's like, good. <laughs> like, how do you like it? And I don't feel yeah. sorry for any of them. It's it's mad, isn't it? Because for the duration, so I read it as like, oh, on the one hand, you as the audience are like, oh, who is like, they, like you know that clever thing. It's like, oh, it's difficult to say who's the goody and who's the baddie in this movie for whatever like simplicity. But for the duration of this, we like you said, we've been watching these men, and it's like they're bad because they believe in witchcraft and like are killing innocent women because they're witches. And then they get to this village and the village initially seemed good. And then yeah. the village aren't good 
they're the villains and our allegiance is now with whom exactly? Like the men who came to kill them. So it's exactly like you just said that I've just repeated in a different way, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit (laughs) mad. I just, I just don't know. I just had to work it through out loud as I often do. But, um, but yeah, I just, I was a bit lost as to what, who I was supposed to. Yeah. I was thrilled for the witch because she's protecting her flock. Fair enough. She's being a bit cruel about it, and it does get a little bit out of hand, perhaps. Mm. And she should she doesn't need to make it such a spectacle. But when they were being poisoned, I was like, of course you would poison them. They've come, you know, they've come to kill you, so poison them. Like I, I just, I understand that's not what the film wants me to feel, and so I was being, you know, but just my gut reaction was good for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Although but I want now, to say, but now she seems to be killing people for fun, so it's like not good for you yes. anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, she's enjoying herself, obviously. I will. I just want to give a special mention to the line. It's the most macho thing I've ever heard, and I am a little bit in love with it. And I can't remember who says it, but Ulrich is like, "I'll, I'll die before I renounce whatever." Blah blah. blah. And then someone else says, "I will fight Ulrich for the right to die first. <laughs> <I've> never. <laughs> I, heard. I think it's Such Johnny a Harris. Macho thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Your, it's, your, it's so it's good. It's your boy. It's your boy, Johnny Harris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great line. I will fight you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, so, um, that she then gets around, uh, Langiver gets around to Osmond and she asks him to renounce his his his, his faith, uh, giving him the options. Uh, if you, it's death or death, which which you fancy. <laughs> uh, but then she elaborates, and it's clear she really does want Osmond to live with them for some reason, uh, and so she lets him see the brought back to life Averil. Uh, because she believes this will make him renounce his faith because his girlfriend's back and he can live with his girlfriend. She's a vomit zombie. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, she's not good to go. This is the thing. It makes no sense, even yes. with the reverse or the, the twist that's coming later. Unless she is, like, showroom ready, don't bother. Yeah. Because it's going to make him Fucking worried. Hell. <laughs> you don't want to see what under the hood. It's like, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, she's just like, I mean... You, if you're thinking it's, 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 this is it, it's like basically, <laughs> like you say, Langiver goes, this is Avril, and it's like, and this is her for, forever. She's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't checked, but I'm presuming she's back. Did Hob, did you check? Uh, no, I thought, you, I thought you were doing it. Oh, fuck. Well, fingers crossed she's not a vomit zombie because yeah, she's a if she is, this this plan is going to massively backfire. So obviously Osman sees her like vomiting and zombifying everywhere. And so he goes, well, I'm going to put her out of her misery and kills her. And obviously hates Langiver for making him like have to kill his girlfriend. So like, it's just a a balmy plan that, that revolves around, (laughs) like we said, her just not checking. Like that's (laughs) the the twist here is she didn't check that Averill was back to normal. That's right. So it all kicks off. Um, Osmond kills Averill. Uh, Bean. Oh, oh. Oh. Bean Bean gets his awesome horse scene. I I, I love it because he's like, (laughs) but then there, I am death. And like, pull, like his top <laughs> comes off, and he's got all the sores and everything. And you're like, he's, yeah. he basically he's realised he's a he's a biological weapon. He's a fucking what? bomb. He's like, I don't yeah. need my sword. I'm gonna 
I'm going to explode all over you. At that point, someone should go, don't split him. We Keep him as much together as in one yeah. space as possible. But they're like, Pfft. yeah. Did you, did you like Although, I mean, I, no, because I, I think we we are getting into torture porn, which is a subgenre that I do not like. <clears throat> um, yeah. But just in terms of the narrative, um, this village so far, what uh, the their leaders have been doing for them has been working. No one has the plague. Hobbs says quite clearly, word is all that has reached us <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. So why would they be scared of plague sores? Because what they believe they're doing, they've been sacrificing christians um in order to protect themselves and so far it has worked so they've just sacrificed two or three god-fearing men so when they see sean being sores they should be like don't worry about it we've just nailed your buddy to a cross there's another one hanging from a tree we're going to be fine but they look terrified i yeah i was that your reading i thought they were just like langiver was sort of like looking after them with herbs and like i didn't i didn't know that i thought they were I thought they were killing the people who came to kill them. I didn't think I didn't fundamentally get the vibe that they were sacrificing Christians. Doesn't she say it? She might be lying. Does she she not say it at some point? She's like, the men that came before you, we spill their blood and it keeps us pure. Do you know what I'm paraphrasing? Something like that. It's a good paraphrase, though. It should be a line. Um, Yeah, okay, cool. So... I guess it turns out Langiver is as cruel as Ulrich, uh, killing people who don't believe in her way of thinking for like reasons that you know she believes. Yeah, um, Hob but gets we hate them. Tor- so who cares? Yeah, but we hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we hate everyone. There's no, yeah. you know. I mean, it's like this is the problem. You hate everyone, and so Osmond is basically the one person who you sort of, I think, no, yes. uh, go, I, I care about his fate. For me, Osmond is such a, 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 a sort of a, a damp rag in this whole movie that it's difficult to really get yeah, that, is. like, that, like, behind him. He's sort of like, so like... I'm just going to say it, because we'll, we'll, we're going to have to say it anyway. Like, I'm not the biggest Eddie Redmayne fan. Like, I think good for him. He's obviously an actual movie star, and that's awesome. But mm. I don't... I just... I don't know if I enjoy watching him. I tell you what, actually, when we'll get to this. When he switches, when he's a badass, even though what he's up to is bad, I was like, there we go. I much prefer this. But a sad monk... That I would, I just, I don't know about the casting really. Like when he grows his hair a bit and he hasn't got that tonsure, which I obviously don't like, and he's just going around with a sword and being mean, he's perfect. But when mm. I just, oh, I don't know, I just found it a bit excruciating. It's a personal preference and it's unfair, but there we go. Interesting. Would you prefer to see Rupert Friend in the role? I like Rupert Friend a lot. So yeah, mm. maybe. Okay. Well. Yeah. As I covered it earlier, uh, we I won't say it again. Yeah, I will. We don't get to see the torture machine being used, which is bollocks. Uh, there, uh, there's also, what sorry, it... just continuity. Yeah. One thing, continuity. Yeah. When they get to the village, they leave the torture van behind because it will not go across the marshes. And then the torture van is in the village. So how did they get it across the marshes? And then back wow. again with a man in it. What the fuck? Good. Good shout. Yeah. And they they are at pains to point out there isn't sort of like, oh, we just walk around a bit and there's a bridge because the whole premise is the village is isolated. <laughs> so it's not like yep. 
It's not like we'll we'll we'll, we'll use the bridge. Um, yep. right. So where? Oh, uh, I do like I do like the twist because I made it sound like we we knew this earlier. Yeah. But in, in the in the in the in the logic and the, the chronology of the movie, when you are, when it's finally revealed, Langiver wasn't a witch. Avril was never dead. She was drugged, and so Osmond actually killed his lover. Bang! I was like, cool. that's good. That's yeah. great. Um, we find out that uh, they were never protected from a plague uh, by which they were just remote. So this is pretty much the end now. Um, this is the voiceover uh, at the end. Start with the voiceover, end huh. with the voiceover. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, Wolfstan. why not? <laughs> it's Wolfstan. Uh, it's Wolfstan giving the voiceover. We, they were never protected from the plague by which they were just remote. Uh, Wolf Stan survives. Hobbies returns a necromancer as the prize from their mission, I guess. So it's not a complete failure. Uh, that's what I took from it. Like, why are they returning with Hobb as a necromancer? Is it so like that people don't go, well, that was a waste of time? It's like, oh, you got a necromancer. <laughs> oh, everyone's cool. dead, but you got a necromancer. <laughs> I guess it's, I wondered, I was like, I actually started re- reading into it. Is that Wolf Stan protecting Ulrich's legacy as this brilliant witch hunter by sort of actually coming back with a prize as opposed to going, no, we don't have anything in Ulrich's dead. It's uh, it's interesting. Uh, Osmond, though. Oh, Osmond. Osmond. Oh, Osmond. 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 Oh, Osmond. So uh, <clears throat> he becomes the new Ulrich, basically, killing, or worse, killing every woman because he believes her to be Langiver uh, because he hates Langiver so much because she made him kill his girlfriend, which is understandable. Uh, I do like the last line from Wolf Stan's uh, voiceover where he says, I lost touch with Osmond. He's not Sean Bean. I lost touch with Osmond, <laughs> uh, but uh, I hope he found peace. Uh, I, I, I heard he found peace, or I believe he found peace, something along. He says, I hope you found peace, yeah. I hope you found peace. And that is delivered over Osmond watching a woman burn, which is nice. Yes. The trouble is, <laughs> the trouble is, it's fun that Wolfstan's got such a the gulf between his uh, what he hopes and what is real. Great. This mm. man has not found peace. But you, you're going to have to explain it to me. What is the beat there? What am I supposed to feel? Am I supposed to feel sorry for Osmond that he was once full of God's grace and now he's turned into a murderer um, because he's tormented and deluded. Am I supposed to feel sorry for him? What What am I supposed well, to feel? Um, let me. I'll I'll turn to Christopher Smith, the film's director, and because um, this will tie into sort of the alternate um, ending, uh, which was um, possibly in the script that you read, because it was only when Christopher Smith came on board and the the script was had money and was being made. So I doubt it would have landed on your desk at, at that point. Uh, the ending in the original was very different to um, to the ending we saw. So in the original script, this is Christopher Smith's words, uh, the original script I read was entirely different. The second half of the movie was entirely supernatural. At the end of that script, before I got involved, Osmond was actually in hell and hell was a physical place. So he was in hell, actual hell, the hell being a physical place. And that was when you find out Carissa's character, so Langiver, was actually the devil reincarnated. So Christopher Smith says of that, I love the idea of Osmond being in hell, but I wanted hell. Hell for me 
is the hell you are within yourself. So that's when Christopher Smith came up with the epilogue, which we see with Osmond. He says all the way through, there was not an appetite for this ending because it was so dark. They did try and cut it from the script. Then they tried to cut it from the shooting schedule. Eventually, they realized they needed it to show Osmond's radicalization. Uh, There's a little bit more. It's hard to watch the first time you see it. But when you know it's coming and you see it again, it makes absolute sense that someone has become the embodiment of evil. No witch was ever guilty of being a witch and thousands and thousands were killed. So there's a tiny bit more. Do you want a little bit more? He says, why? Was it just for money? Was it power and corruption? Probably. But there was also other people who passionately believed in this evil. So Osmond almost becomes worse than Sean Bean's character. So you're not meant to um, you're not meant to uh, feel um, sorry for him. I don't think you're meant to. I I mean, perhaps you are if like if you buy into that, but it's meant to be a fucking bleak as hell. You know, I mean, obviously, but it's about. Yeah, I think you are meant to feel. Oh, I see what you mean now. Go on. What's your? You what's your? Do you me of your issue with it? Yeah, My yeah. I just is, had a bit of a brain he's... melt. Go on. <laughs> it's okay. He's murdering innocent women. They were all innocent. There's no such thing as a witch, okay? But he's going out of his way to contribute to the misery. And I think because of the voiceover, and this may again be my particular hill to die on. I'm supposed to go. Oh, Wolfstan is so so far away from who you really are. That the beat is, look at the gap in understanding. I hope he found peace. No, he's tormented. That's the final shot. He's walking away from the flames of a woman or whatever. So the mm. gap is, maybe he's found some peace. No, I bloody haven't. And so I think the emotional beat is, oh, that's a shame you never found peace. And I'm not going to go with that because you're murdering innocent women. So I can be angry about it. I can feel sorry for the women. Uh, but I think I'm meant to feel a bit like, oh, he he could have been so much better. It didn't have to end like this for him. And by this point, I couldn't give a shit what he's up to because he's a murderer <laughs> of innocent women. I just you you want to give yeah. a bit of agency back to those women. That's all. That's all it is. So the last yeah, shot okay. is a woman looking after, like a woman, one of these you know one of these murdered women's innocent sisters mothers daughters whatever looking away at osman and be like we're gonna get you boy and then end <laughs> like just something right i see i see what i see what you mean so what let me just try and track back now i've heard that to what i felt i i just read it as a sort of blanket bleakness it was like no one was came out of this well like apart from Wolfstan, wherever he is, sitting in his voiceover booth, delivering the narration, going, <laughs> going, going. Yeah, I think I think he probably found peace, which helps me relax and uh, and get paid for this narration without any sense of guilt. Um, so I think I was just like, I think I just, I was just like, everything is shit. That's what I took. I didn't look into it beyond that. I was like, Osman's fucked and he's yeah. evil and he's doing horrible things to innocent women. So like he's yeah. his life his life is awful. He's got no happiness. Their lives are awful because he's killing them. So it's just like this blanket sort of like what a what a, like what a shit thing. But by what Christopher Smith said, hell hell for me is the hell you are within yourself. So I guess that reading would suggest that he wants us to feel sorry for Osmond. No. Yeah. Wait. I, I is... feel like a bit like that. Or, or 
Yeah, I just feel like that. I feel like he. I think the emotional beat is what a shame. What happened to that man? Yeah. Yes, the hell you are within yourself. Because for him to have a hell of it, it's sort of like you know. For him to be in hell at all, it's like he's gone from this nice person to this bad person. So yeah, that 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 arc for him it does result in a sympathetic end, like you are a character you feel sympathetic yes. for at the end, rather. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's be done. Have you got anything else you'd like to add? I don't. Right. Let's do the bits then. What V is your best scene from the entire of Black Death? Well, I like it when they arrive at the village because, I th- as I said before, I think the build-up of we're going to a bad place <laughs> is is really well done. And on, on, I think, a fairly tight budget, when you get to the village, for the, appropriate for the times it's set in, um, it does look like paradise. And it's like, oh, that's... W-, and, and you're just sort of imbued with all those Wicker Man vibes. So it's very unsettling. You know that something's afoot. And the contrast, it's not too corny where it's not like, welcome to like Hawaii kind of thing. It's, <laughs> it looks like an English village. But Ooh, a luau. To... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's happy hour, guys. Come on in. It just yeah, try, like uh, really... try the Havana Club. It's, uh, it tastes just <laughs> like brandy. <laughs> Uh, what does he say it's remarkable it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway that's that's my favorite scene all right um mine i i have to say it's is a horse death um it's just because in the multitude of ways that sean bean has died in uh a movie this is this is (laughs) This is in my top three. It, 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 honestly, uh, it's up there with Don't Say a Word, uh, which also affected me where he's buried in a trench alive. Uh, but this is um, this is good. and uh, It sort of stayed with me. I was like, uh, you know, you know, I, I sometimes judge best scene on when I've watched it before. And I'm like, what do I remember? That scene. I'm looking forward to seeing that again. I am death. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> most valuable whatever. I'll start this one. So it's almost... Sean Bean, because, as you know, I love Sean Bean and everything. Uh, but this time, I'm not going for Sean Bean. I'm going for Christopher Smith, uh, because I actually do really, really love the way he shot this. As I said at the start, I feel it makes me feel claustrophobic, which I don't think is as easy as as, as it might sound. I think the fact that he's gone for this sort of war movie realism and works and i think the film genuinely and you know my love of the supernatural i do think in this instance it has benefited from his script change because like on on paper i love the idea of a demon and the idea of the devil uh like being reincarnated in the body of langiver and osmond being actually in hell on paper sounds good i honestly think in a movie on this budget and sort of shot the way it is i just think it would have been a bit silly and it would have been like a final act where you're like, oh, it's always got to be a real monster. And so I think, you know, the way he shot it, the accuracy, the historical accuracy in terms of the look and the like him going for all that has really, and and then changing it to that ending really works uh, in terms of like a, a complete film. So Christopher Smith is mine. What's yours? It's Carice Van Houten as Langiver. Uh, what you should do is watch the film and then you'll see why she's the best thing in it by about 1,000 miles. She's amazing. 
Um, that's it. When she says to Osmond, because I like you, <laughs> she's fucking awesome. Uh, that's And that's yeah. as far as my reasoning goes there. She's great. That's, that's enough of a reason. And if you if you are yeah. haven't watched the film, you've got to this point in uh, in the black in, in our Black Death episode. More fool you. You need to watch the movie. <laughs> do you? As Chris is so fond to say, do your own work. Do your bloody own work. Right. So, what would you change? I'm interested. All right. So, I love the twist of, but you killed her. Yeah. And we do have a bit of foreshadowing where when Osman meets uh, Langiver, she's using. Uh, herbs and a balm to cure his stab wound? Anyway, whatever. I just don't think that's enough. I think it's it's not a subtle movie so I think, can we foreshadow the use of the drug that puts Avril to sleep and then wakes her up in some way so that, because the trouble is with the you killed her scene, it takes place in the marshes. No one can see anyone. I think they ran out of money a little bit. So <laughs> It's a lot of telling and not showing. She's like, guess what? Twist, you fucking killed her. And it would be so awesome if we as the audience had a little visual peg to go, oh, that was the thing that got her. Rather than him going, oh, really? How? Well, I drugged her. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. So it's all that's all it is. Just a little visual, something to hang your hat on there when she says, this is how you killed her. And you can, a little callback to the drug. And obviously... I, we we dis, we don't know we don't disagree. It's I think it's very much open to interpretation. But I feel like it's a sad ending for Osman, and it it does have the you know the consequence free slaughter of innocent women, and I can't be having that. So I I, I don't know about the ending. I'm a little bit uneasy about it, uh, but I'm not quite sure how to fix it. Going to hell is not the answer. I, it's different times, I guess. Whatever. But I just want a little bit of agency for those uh, victims somehow. Okay. Okay, yeah. I'm just uh, just trying to think about how you're going to react to the second the second change because I've got two. Uh, so first of all, I touched on this. This is a men on a mission movie, a Dirty Dozen style war movie. Um, I really I, the the battle that they have um, isn't enough for me to show them functioning as a successful unit. One of them dies. They seem back footed. They lose the horses. I need to see this group of fucking the best witch hunters in the land be the best witch hunters in the land and win uh, an early battle and like i'm like fucking hell this unit is great to then see this unit undone in some way towards the end um and i also need you know i just need to understand like ivo and griff i just need i need to I need to understand those characters and I don't need loads and loads of dialogue because I'm, I'm fine with the dialogue being sparse, but you know, it doesn't, it, it can be, it can be action. Like, okay. So I say this knowing I've just said, I love the realism, but I think you can, I think you can have your cake and eat it. One of them is really, really good with an ax. One of them is like a superb swordsman who uses two swords. One of them has a mace, I, I don't think gunpowder was around then, but fuck it. One of them has got an early, uh, early like portion, portion of gun. I'd like a portion <laughs> of gunpowder, please. Uh, a portion of gunpowder. Would you like any sides with that? Yes, yeah, some shrapnel and a portion of gunpowder yeah, and a gun, um, actually. <laughs> 
but like sort of basic level explosions, just give them each a different sort of like skill. So it discerns them in a battle and you're like, oh, well, that's my favorite. It's what people love. And I know I'm movifying <laughs> a movie that has avoided movifying you make itself. It like a cartoon for kids. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paw Patrol, everyone's no. got their little bit of equipment. <laughs> it's the Power Rangers. If they all sort of yeah. like morph together into one big witch hunter and like yes. stomped, her, <laughs> stomped over everything, you can't wait to see that change. Yeah, all right. Well, anyway, I quite like that. Um, and the other thing, uh, which is the one, it sort of relates to yours. So <laughs> I just wouldn't make Osmond look so fucking cool at the end. Because call, call, <laughs> yeah. me, call me superficial, but he looks like such a badass. Yeah, he does. At, like this yes, idea... This idea of him like being unhappy, uh, his his hair's better, his outfit's cool. Yeah, he's mad, but he looks so much cooler and he's much more driven and he's got agency yeah. and he spent this movie being this wet rag and suddenly I'm like, uh, if I get to pick, can I pick which, which Osmond I am in real? <laughs> I'm the guy killing women at the end. That's who I want to be because <laughs> he's that much cooler, which then makes you go, fuck, uh, I mean, what am I yeah. value? What am I valuing here? He's so such a damp squib earlier on. So fuck yeah. it, yeah. I'll take the women killing Osman. Like uh, this is honestly what I think to really like make this ending work and to make you know it be like a nasty end for Osmond is that like he's like uh, genuinely like pale, withered. Like his the evil has consumed him. He's shut away, wasting away. He's command like the the end where he's killing women. Still, you can still have that. He's sending like uh, men off to do this bidding, and they bring them to him, and he touches them. But he's a horrible, grotesque like figure yeah, of a rave. man. Yeah, yeah. And and then you're like, oh, look what look how this evil has consumed him and destroyed his body and his mind. He's like one of the foulest things you could ever see. And then I'm like, yep, yep, that is that is a nasty end. Because right now I'm like, cool as fuck, mate. The, the trouble is, I totally agree with you because what we're skirting around saying is he looks fit. Yep. He does. Like, and it's a horror. I had this weird, you know, it's a complicated emotion. He sends someone in to torture the woman and he just says with such conviction, get it done or something, but I need her alive. And I was like, oh, hello, Osmond. <laughs> you look healthy. Yeah. You look virile. You've yeah. got colour in your cheeks. It re- This this woman killing really suits you. Uh, right then. And that is us done for this episode. Uh, so uh, let's look ahead to next week before we look ahead to Thursday. Next week, I, th- I believe these are your choices and I bloody hope you got a clue. Oh, my I God. Have I, got a, have I got a clue for you? Yes. Are you ready? Great. It's awesome. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Right, the clue is starting yeah. now. Are you feeling okay? You're all over the shop. Do you get it? <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> not being funny. Why are you not saying anything? I, I, I'm sorry. I know because I forget because we're on we're on video and I'm looking at you. Like so, I'm looking. I'm, I thought you could see me laughing. That's absolutely fantastic. That's great. That's a really good clue. Thank I think you. I was also distracted. I, I, I was also distracted because that's that that's that that is the line I use in my Sean Bean impression. I'm like, you're right. You're feeling okay. And it's that, then I was like, why is she doing Sean Bean? Nope. Sean Bean is not in those movies, or is he? He's not. Uh, you feeling all right? How's it? That's because it's from, I tell you what it's from. It's from fucking National Treasure, where he's like with Nick Cage. Yeah. You're right. 
You're good. Are you all right, Ben? Nasty fall you took. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Ben, you had a nasty fall. You're all right. I was worried. Like passive aggressive, sinister but caring. You feeling all right? Right then. So that is your clue for next week. One more time because it is a beaut. Are you feeling okay? You're all over the shop. all right Uh, okay Uh, so that is properly it for this episode we will be back on thursday where we're with another the witch Uh, until then please do subscribe on apple spotify wherever you get your pods tell your friends about us and join us on twitter instagram tiktok uh, YouTube as well now. Uh, yeah, our YouTube channel's blowing up. Uh, so... <laughs> it really is, though. Is it? it? Honestly, I'm not even joking. Yeah. Cool. I mean, awesome. I don't know what blow... What does blowing up cover? Don't I mean, it's got a lot bigger... Maybe I'm just a, I'm getting a bit pessimistic in my old age, and I'm like, oh, no one's going to go to our little YouTube channel. Then I looked, I was like, fucking hell, people have, uh, which is great. So check out our YouTube channel. Uh, someone, oh, mate, I hope I um, I hope I took a photo of it. I totally intended to because uh, just I want to give a shout-out to the person that really, really tickled me. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> So I went on our YouTube channel and I was watching uh, some of the videos and uh, there are there are some uh, short clips um like little fun like 30 second uh, bits on there uh, and uh, underneath one of them because uh, there are there are there are longer videos uh, but underneath one of the shorter clips um, Mark Long had written I'm extremely disappointed I came here for the long form content. <laughs> like buried on YouTube. Someone someone referencing taking the piss out of my use of long form content. Love it. So well done, Mark Long. Uh, so yeah, check out our YouTube channel as well. Uh, right then, have a lovely rest of your week. Uh, Clash of Ween continues on Thursday with the Witch. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.